Hey, Common Scientists, we are super excited to be coming to you this week with the topic of naked. Now, a few things before we get started. Some housekeeping items, if you will. We are not experts. Our whole goal is to come with ideas about the world so that our listeners can both ask questions with us and explore answers. The idea of nakedness is quite fascinating to me, and I know we'll talk about it more as this time goes on, but I actually want to start out with some lyrics from one of my favorite songs. It's by Ella Mai, and it's called Naked, and here are a couple of my favorite lyrics from the song. Then someone who loves me naked, someone who never asks for love but knows how to take it. Are you that somebody who sees a wall and breaks it? Are you ready to fight just to see what's lost behind my flaws? Can you love me naked? So I wanted to start out with a question for the boys. What does it mean to love someone naked? You know, that's a great question, Uh, Lauren. This is Aiden uh, speaking for for our listeners' sake. Um, Yeah, to love someone naked, I mean, you got to kind of start with the definition of naked. And... I mean, it's definitely a complex word and can be used in many different ways. Uh, But for me, to love someone naked means to love them in with with their vulnerabilities as well as their uh, I mean, just everything about them, their imperfections, uh, their perfections. Yeah, everything about them. Trey. I mean, I, I guess I, I would, I'll just be echoing Aiden a lot with that. With nakedness, I definitely just see, I see, yeah, as a vulnerable, um, fully, like, bare, like, you can see all sorts of new parts of that person and still love them very deeply, um, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, etc. And I think when it comes to... Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a really hard thing to do, and not all, of, like, we all have a lot to learn when it comes to that. What about you, what does that for, lyric, or what does that question mean to you? I think about it more personally, I think, probably because I'm a woman, and the way that I asked the question, right, was how do you guys love, but when I listen to this song, for me, I think of all of the pressure that is on me every day if I go out into public or if I even am just in my own home to look a certain way or to act a certain way. And so for me, being loved naked, um, yeah, means that someone can see beyond the things that I feel like I have to do or put together, um, the way that I feel like I might have to perform and just love me for for all of the quirks and goofiness and not necessarily flaws but all of the things that society doesn't want to see because I don't think those are flaws I think sometimes that can be what makes me the most beautiful so that's what it means to me and I would say in that same vein of being loved in that way then for me to love someone naked would would just re reverberate what I just said but to someone else I'm I'm curious, uh, Lauren. What does what does the word naked mean to you? I think bare, vulnerable. Um, I had written down a couple of synonyms, and I think my favorite 
um, was undisguised. Mm. And I, I, yeah, I really like that word, undisguised. Not a front stage, not put together. It's something I really struggle with, too. Um, but I also think of the word beautiful. I mean, just bare, raw, beautiful, powerful. That's what I think of when I think of naked. How about you, Jay? What comes to your mind when you think of the word naked? A lot. One thing that I think a lot of people, um, including myself, usually, when you think of naked, think of um, like freedom, lack of disguise, kind of a burden's been lifted, wiping the mask off, wiping the, or taking the mask off, wiping the makeup off, etc. Sometimes, though, I was obviously preparing for this topic and just thinking about nakedness more. Um, I was thinking about how, like, an artwork, usually nudity is portrayed as, like, very, um, like, inert, not not moving, not... I, I think, like, we usually think of nudity or, like, nakedness or being naked as being freeing, but in artwork, it's usually depicted as very docile and stagnant, I think, reclined. Um, and that's fascinating to me because I think a lot of times... Um, being clothed in the sense is looked at negatively, but also like it's also kind of like putting on like you know like wearing different hats. It's like putting on your different uniform for the day, and sometimes that uniform can make can give you a certain power, whereas your nakedness and just being, just just yourself, just your naked self, I feel like can um there is like a in my mind a sort of idea of. Um, rest and not it doesn't have to be bad I'm just but just like rest and not necessarily like the image that you might get of like someone like jumping into a lake naked or something but just like resting naked basking maybe in sun or something like that and um I don't know so obviously that's not a direct answer but I really like that imagery and it made me think of what naked or nudity means today in the media and I don't think what we see in the media is what we're talking about right now raw beautiful restful um recently it was something that Aiden and I had talked some about in seeing um more nudity on our feed and Mm. I think at the end of the day I had to decide to try to kind of repair my feed some so that I could feel more, more healthful because nakedness when I look at myself naked in a mirror right what I see is yeah raw and unfiltered and not perfect by any means but what I should see is beauty is beautiful is myself is my curves my my skin my I mean everything that makes me human and because of what we see sometimes in media we stop seeing beauty when we see naked and this restful thing we're talking about that's super or that just reminds me so much so of uh my my wikipedia research in advance of this podcast episode uh on the the nudity uh wikipedia page uh so it just it's discussing the difference in cultural traditions and the attitudes related to nudity uh and so they say in Western society, there are two cultural traditions related to nudity um, that kind of 
originated from, firstly, the ancient Greeks, who saw the naked body as a natural state and as essentially positive in the context of athletics, religion, and the arts. And then the Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, which have viewed being naked as shameful and essentially negative. And then they go on to say, in America, nudity is more likely to be seen sexually, while much of Europe, there's more, more openness to non-sexual nudity in recreation and daily life. So it's just kind of fascinating to me, the difference in cultural perspectives, because something, especially in the U.S., uh, like and in the context of social media, is just this the sexualization of nudity versus, like, I mean, Dre, your, descri- your description of it being this like restful and and kind of like peaceful state almost i'm curious what your what your either of your reactions are to i also think of vulnerability i have worked in patient care a little over four thousand hours of patient care and i saw people and worked with people naked right I took care of them, I bathed them, I cleaned them, um, and yeah, I, I just was thinking about the idea of, of restfulness and of freedom, and specifically, um, I think to my experience working with individuals who were on the spectrum, and the difference in their experience of nudity around me and what I might feel like to be nude around someone else uh, in this context, I think, is enlightening, right? So one of my one of my uh, patients comes to mind, and whenever she had the opportunity to be naked, to be free, she would get so excited and start just bouncing up and down and laughing and clapping. And it was this, I mean, it was an amazing thing to witness and now in the context of this conversation I kind of wish that I had that same free sense when my clothes were off I mean it she just got so excited and lit up and um yeah I think that can be kind of lost that's what came to my mind and uh, yeah I I mean I think a lot of us we definitely just miss, miss the child like joy and a lot of things but I think you're you're hundred percent right in nudity, and I've I'm somebody who has uh, been naked and like physically naked in a lot of situations that many would consider um, inappropriate. Have you streaked? Um, have I streaked? What does that even mean? Uh, it means running naked through a public place. I'm not sure that I've done that, but I've been in like small gatherings amongst friends like where everybody was inside and I was just outside with a friend <laughs> and also I'm on the balcony with no clothes on just chilling just enjoying like you know in a nice Miami hotel 50 floors up I was like this feels like a time to be naked so things like that in my life um when I was even younger too just like um just running around the house naked like not like not like young as in like 10 but like as like 16 17 18 um while friends were there etc um and it, it was a good feeling um and it's nice to be able to do that like in my house with my wife now but there is still it's not like a strong urge to do it around other people 
like now or like when I'm at a friend's house, but there's definitely something there. Like sometimes I'm definitely just like, this would be better if we were all just naked. One of our listeners and close friends of Aiden actually suggested that we record this podcast naked. I was really adamantly against it, but <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, people think about stuff like that. And just to let our listeners know, we are not in the nude as we're recording this podcast. Thanks, Aiden. Not we really needed this. <laughs> um, not physically, yeah. I'm curious. Why, why are you so adamant against that? That's a good question. I think I... Probably because I don't feel confident and probably because... I, actually, there is no and. Probably because I don't feel confident enough and I don't feel like I had time to prepare because even even when I am going to be naked in public or more naked in a bathing suit or I mean what have you there's a lot of preparation that goes into it for a woman I mean making sure that your legs are shaved making sure I mean all the things and the list goes on and on are you tan enough what have I eaten today like I ate ramen an hour ago. <laughs> like I could I would feel so uncomfortable being naked even though probably it wouldn't I wouldn't look really any differently. But I bet there's a lot of women who feel that same feeling. I wish there was another reason, a more elaborate moral reason, but yeah. there's not. <laughs> um what, what were your feelings about it? Were you like, "Oh yeah, like we could do that maybe?" Or were you just like, "Heck no, no way." <laughs> Uh, you know, I didn't, I guess I, I guess I was of the heck no, uh, category cause I just didn't, I mean, I didn't really even consider it. I just kind of was like, oh yeah, that's pretty funny. And I did, just kind of brushed it off. Um, yeah. Yeah. That just, just, when you got, when that just doesn't seem very scientific to me to be yeah. like, heck no, like no right. way, no chance. Like, yeah. I'm like, what? Like, what? that's weird to me. Um, but I understand it perfectly, obviously, because yeah. I live in the same world you guys do. So like, yeah. I definitely understand it. Um, the other thing for me, I think that crossed my mind, both because of Aiden and because of you, Dre, is that male brains are more, more oriented to sight. And so physiologically you would both be more distracted than I would be like literally the processing time so I actually have a study pulled up um from science nordic but literally the the processing time that it takes for a male brain to identify nudity is way way significantly lower than it is for the female brain and um particularly because sexually arousing signals for men are much more sight driven so when it was recommended that we record naked, I laughed. And the first thing I said was that Aiden wouldn't be able to say a single sentence because when he sees me naked, most of the time, his train of thought just stops right there. So <laughs> I think that's the other thing that I thought of. I was like, this wouldn't work. What? Yeah, that's super funny. I wonder, I mean, so you think hi historically, though, and when people were hunter gatherers, they were pretty much naked. Um most of the time uh in warmer climates for sure and it only happened when we started to migrate into the colder climates when it became kind of a necessity to be clothed um and it became kind of this differentiator uh so it, i mean it's funny to me too like how what were the what were the men of of hunter-gatherer times like were they able to focus on their 
they're hunting. Well, <laughs> I mean, they, there was definitely, I think, more segregation between men and women uh, during the day. But yeah, I'm curious. It's, it's just like kind of a, a random thought. That I wonder if in. we've almost made the problem worse, right? So we've spent all this time covering up. And then now if you see a little titty, you're just like, can't focus at all or like look anywhere else that's something that i mean i don't know what the science behind it would be but that's what came to my mind the one thing as far as making problems worse uh that i thought was uh fascinating um is the the use of clothing to like differentiate amongst classes and even before it became such a status symbol between my clothing and your clothing, it was a status symbol to be clothed versus to be naked. So in ancient Egypt, like the slaves and low classes didn't even have the option to be clothed, whereas the upper class, that was that was how they des- displayed their wealth, um, was that they had this enough cloth to be clothed. But it's just kind of wild to me. I think I think you're probably right in some ways. Is there pressure to be naked versus unnaked? You mean like to be clothed versus not? I mean, absolutely. Up for interpretation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was curious where you might take that. Dre, question. have you ever been to nude beach? Um, I'm not sure if I've been to beaches where the norm was to be nude. Yes, I have. Were you nude? I don't believe I was. Part of the reason why that was is because I was with, um, like, my ex's cousin was around. So I think it was just kind of like, I think she was just kind of like, I don't, I, think, I don't know. I think maybe it was just kind of like, I don't know. We were also a little bit younger, too. So, and it was like all of our times, all of our first times being at something like that. So I think we all were interested in all being naked, but it was also kind of like, once we leave this beach, you also saw my boyfriend's dick. <laughs> it's just like, where do we go from here? <laughs> and then I'm also like, yeah, you saw it in this way. You don't get to see it in the same way that she does. So you're thinking me this way. And I'm like, now she has to explain to you that he's a grower, not a shower. And I was kind of like, I saw all those things get into my head. But no, I was not nude. Um, I've been nude at beaches um before mostly around like guys or family um i've gone like skinny dipping and stuff as well but uh that time i wasn't new they were like topless or whatever um and everybody else was naked like and it's usually like old people though like old people like don't care anymore (laughs) just like you know so i don't know but have you guys been to new beaches yeah in germany i went to several beaches where nudity was the norm or at least it was allowed and i think probably at least 50 percent of people were nude at both of the beaches that i attended i was not nude at either of the beaches because i was with my uh best friend who's who still lives in germany and also her boyfriend and that felt that felt odd to me if it had just been her and i i think i certainly would have been at least topless yeah, it's funny to me. It's definitely an. I mean, it kind of speaks back to that, that Wikipedia line where in America, it's nudity is quite sexualized. Um, because mm-hmm. I think even the fact that you're thinking that is because 
we have this concept of nudity being such a sexual concept. Uh, I, I remember growing up, there's this hilarious photo that I have no idea where it is now, but we were taking a family photo on the beach, me and my brother, sister, and parents, and we like all lined up, had the photo set up with the timer and snapped it. And then after the vacation, we were scrolling through the photos and in like the top left-hand corner, there's this old dude with like a sun hat, wide brim sun hat on and tennis shoes and nothing else. <laughs> Just like walking on the beach in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought I, it's funny that that memory sticks out so much and it was because he was nude but yeah yeah <laughs> Lauren I'm interested so when it comes to and I'm asking you because you're a woman I, I'm curious about with say you were at a nude beat or like anywhere just nude or just like maybe semi-nude whatever like just like showing a lot or whatever and guys were looking at you and I'm curious, is it just the, the general gawking that makes you, or perhaps if you want to speak for women in general, I don't know, that makes women uncomfortable? Or is it really the threat of like male aggression and rape, et cetera? I think it's more of the latter, actually, because when I go out and I choose to show more skin and I'm feeling confident and people gawk, I, I feel great most of the time. I'm like... Yeah, you can look, but you can't touch. Like mm-hmm. I have, I have a partner. I am, yeah. I mean, whatever, whatever it is. But I think what more, I mean, what's terrifying to me is knowing and hearing things like, "When I saw you, I knew we were going to fill in the blank," um, or "I saw her and I knew she was asking for it," or. Um, oh, I could tell by the way she she looked that she wanted me. And that is everywhere in our culture and is terrifying. And it definitely is, I think, what keeps me from being more expressive of my body most of the time. Hmm. It's really unfortunate. Um, moving on from that. <laughs> Thank you for sharing, of course. But I don't want to dwell on it. I was just curious. Um because that's just, I don't know, we talked a little bit about it in a few podcasts ago about that, but about, like, male aggression and that fear and all that. Um, but going on, let's go back to other countries and maybe over-sexualization of nudity in America. Perhaps because I am American, I grew up here and lived here my whole life, uh, it, it actually can be really hard for me to separate nudity and sexuality. And... I don't know if that's general or if that's very common for men or if it's very common for Americans, but I'm curious, how do, how do they separate it in other countries? Is it, is it merely that it's socialized at a young age, that there's not all like, because you know, for us, when, we, when a young kid watches a movie, we cover their eyes, or we tell them in the room if there's nudity, or if we're like in a museum where there's nudity, the kid laughs and the mom is like, don't look at that or like stop that or whatever you know it's kind of like it's shunned in a way and it's like we socialize young kids that way so is it just as simple as other countries just let it out there and it's just like you're exposed to it more and more so it's like okay that's just somebody naked they're not doing anything sexual is it that simple i think i mean like anything it's got to be complex but um i think 
one of the differentiators, at least between U.S. and many European nations, is our religiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other the, the other item that I came across in my research was the 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 just the point that um, the like Judeo Christian and Islam Islamic traditions generally viewed nudity as shameful and i mean in the u.s we there's high belief rates so i, I mean i'm sure that yeah leads to some point. of the conditioning um but I'm, I'm curious especially lauren um since you have more a better understanding of the bible and and christianity in particular like what i actually think that's not necessarily true and it was a sign biblically especially in the old testament and it was more of a sign of reverence and bareness so there's a um verse is it david i know it's david but i can't think of the book of the bible where this guy named david anyways it's a well-known it's a well-known verse in the Bible where David danced naked before the Lord because he was rejoicing and that him dancing naked in his naked raw form, right? Which God created to be beautiful. God created nakedness to be beautiful and appreciated, um, is actually just a raw and reverent form of respect toward God. And so I don't necessarily think you can put that on Christianity and certainly not on the God that I believe in, but obviously subsets of Christianity and subsets of religion in general have caused a lot of problems related to, I mean, a lot of different things. So I think that's a part of it, possibly. I do think more to Dre's point that it's more likely people being used to it. We know psychologically that if there's a stimulus that happens over a period of time, people are less likely to gawk, right? People are less likely to have a big reaction. And specific to nakedness i would say it's probably very true in that sense as well um but i thought it was so interesting dre that you had said that you struggle to decouple like sexiness and what did you say sexiness and or like sexuality and nudity yeah because i said the same almost exactly the same thing a few days ago when Aiden and I were talking about this, that I struggle to separate the sexuality and nakedness from the person. Mm-hmm. And so if it's, if it, if I see a photo of a person, that especially that I know, it's so hard to uncouple that in order to honor and respect and love the person, I almost have to, I mean, do something there because there's so much cognitive dissonance for me to be able to say like, wow, I love and respect and want to uphold that person versus like what I see. That's a huge struggle for me. And I wonder, I'm sure it is because of American society and what we've been taught and trained. Do you think that we have, it is a moral, moral virtue to be physically naked? And maybe in other words, do you think we, many would benefit from us being naked more like in like not necessarily maybe in public but like like in a situation like this with groups of friends like people you are intimate with people you trust people you know like because it's like almost like a social lubricant so like we can all go to like a party of like 
20 people, 10, maybe not 20, but like, let's say 10 people, we all know each other, right? Or it's like one degree of separation. We use alcohol as a social lubricant to kind of match the same vibe, to get on the same frequency, and then all these amazing things can come from it, right? A lot of bad things, but a lot of times, a lot of our best memories are like after we've had a couple of drinks, everybody's guards are let down, etc. Is there, would our, <laughs> what are some of our parties, our events, our conversations be better if instead of alcohol, it was just people who were just naked? I think that'd be a lot healthier than normalized pornography on our devices because that in my opinion is not nudity because nudity is raw and real and moving and vulnerable and it's almost impossible to portray that in a photo oh yeah yeah especially with i mean all the filters and everything else all the post photo editing that happens um and it would take a lot of bravery and it would be really hard to do the first time and maybe the fifth time but I, th- I think that would be something that I would be more down for than this false sense of sharing nudity or this false sense of sharing vulnerability that I think we're buying into right now. Because um, it would be much more challenging to just show up really naked, really raw in front of your community. Something that, uh, so shouts out to the Swedes. I was just <laughs> as, as thinking about uh, uh, sauna Mm, I mean, that's yeah. a thing here in Minnesota as well. Um, but yeah, I, I studied over in Sweden and, and one of the, <laughs> I just remember, I mean, hop, hopping into the towel, nothing underneath and hopping into the sauna and sweating it out with, <laughs> with, uh, so, some of my good mates and just like having that kind of like, yeah, I mean, Dre, what you're talking about, that social lubricant, I mean, you do feel I mean, you're naked, right? Like, so, so what's on what's on the table or what's off it? I mean, I don't think anything is. You also had an experience at like a tribal festival naked, didn't you, Aiden? You want to talk about that? Yeah, that's a good. Um, yeah, so I was also in Australia, and I was uh, fortunate enough, like. Uh, to have the opportunity to spend a week with an Aboriginal camp. And we uh, had a corroboree at the end of the week. And it's just this... Rewind, what is Aboriginal? So Aboriginal, that's in reference to the Indigenous peoples of Australia. And um, yeah, we were with this group that was actually over by uh, Sydney, Australia. And if you're... So the geography of Australia, there is uh, East and West Australia. East Australia was uh, definitely colonized more so. And for those of you who don't know, it was a penal colony. And that means that the the Brits sent all of their prisoners over to Australia to um, just kind of, um, yeah, I mean, colonize the place. But and that was offered as a, a new chance for them. Um, so... Yeah, that's the joke is that Aussies are a little little wild because they're all descended from these uh, these criminals at one point. Um, but yeah, anyways, so the they came in and wiped out most of the aboriginals on that coast, tragically, um, except for smaller groups. Um, and so it was a group of uh, some uncles is what they were they referred to each other as um 
who still maintain some of their traditions and would still leave the city to go and practice some of their traditions in the countryside. And um, as part of our week, we learned about some of their traditions and foods and all sorts of other things. Um, but then at the end of the week, we had a corroboree where we had practiced these dances and prepared this ritual space and then proceeded to have a day where the men and the women separated for the, the day um, and were naked. The, I mean, naked besides a, a loincloth, and the loincloth did not cover anything. Um, <laughs> and, and Not you, anyway. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so the, the men did their own preparations, the women did their own, and then we came together and had a dance, and it was definitely one of the most impactful experiences because, yeah, I mean, it was a group of 30 or 40 individuals all naked together dancing. dancing. And forgive me, I, I might have missed it. Was that men and women? Men and women okay. at the dance, yeah. Were there, this might get weird, everybody was 18 plus or whatever their legal? Yes, or, okay. yeah. So it was a, like a study abroad program. So everybody was um, either a college student um, or they were... Uh, one of these like uncles or um, professors who are older Um, but yeah it was definitely like I mean the least (laughs) like in that instance the the sexuality was far from my mind which Mm -hmm. I thought was just um, yeah that's where I was kind of I wasn't trying to yeah um, like if there were kids there or whatever or whatever adolescents Mm -hmm. Then I wouldn't. I wasn't taking that as a part of like, oh, that's kind of weird. But that's just like a, another sign of how non-sexual it was or asexual or right. whatever. And so, Aiden, you talked about it being like, and that that sounds insane. Like I would love to be a part of that. <laughs> but uh, like, so what was what's something you actually took from that? Because you did. You you said like, oh, like that was a great experience. It was really interesting. Like this, that, blah blah. Impactful. Like what's something that yeah, impactful. What's something that you actually took? Like what what does that mean to you now? Yeah, that's a great. Great question, Dre. Um, as far as what it means to me now, I mean, it was such a, it was such a bonding experience. Okay. Um, that now I know that I can connect with anybody else who was on that program, mm-hmm. and I do recall there being kind of a transition, like pre and post corroboree, um, amongst the of the camaraderie in the in the program um so that's definitely something that comes to me uh it's funny reflecting back on it now because i haven't spent a whole much time like actively thinking about it but uh yeah uh definitely to uh the the focus on like the the dance and the like natural environment so a lot of the dances were focused around uh like mimicking different animals and things and and that focus as opposed to the the sexuality that i'm I'm used to definitely i think uh yeah just at least made me i wish second i wish that's the kind of nakedness i saw on my phone (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um it sounds like a beautiful experience. Yeah, though. that kind of sounds like 
kind of like the apotheosis of naked, kind of where we started in the beginning. Like, that's like the highest degree, yeah, degree of bonding, mm-hmm. um, the energy, the vibe I was talking about, where everybody just is on this wavelength. And it did cause, like, so what caused a lot of controversy, though, okay. was, um, like, so we photographed the event and then the decision whether or not to share the photographs amongst like individuals yeah uh caused certain individuals to be to feel like they're i mean to to just not feel great and then others were just kind of like oh yeah i mean it was this non-sexual experience whatever um and there were also some individuals too who even at the event attended but refused to be naked in their own uh in their own skin which i thought was yeah just wild to me to see those different um reactions to it but and yeah i think a lot of it does come back to this sec- like the tie of sexualization and and mm-hmm. nakedness um yeah you know, it's funny. The first thing, though, so it's wild that we're on this topic because the first thing that popped in my mind when we were, when we started talking about Naked as a podcast episode episode was Naked Juice. Mm. Oh, really? <laughs> I did actually take some notes on marketing, um, <laughs> Naked marketing. There are so many bare minerals, right? Bare makeup. Um, naked Juice, it's naked, right? There's nothing added, nothing, nothing pervasive yeah, right, right. It's pure. yeah which is wild to me so here's the fun fact to kind of bash the naked juice company um the so the the founders were fans of nude sunbathing so that's that's where it came from but then it's been promoted by pepsi who now own it as this like healthy alternative drink but naked's green machine contains 3.5 grams of sugar per ounce more than pepsi colas 3.42 grams per ounce so it's just like wild to me it just blew my mind because i remember oh naked juice it's juice it's natural like all these other marketing techniques and then being like it's yeah on reading it's actually yeah it's actually horrible for you it's bad bad. classic (laughs) um but anyways yeah you said you did a little bit of thinking about the marketing parts of that what what did you come across I think I mean I didn't I didn't it wasn't that interesting to me because I am bombarded with marketing and so it wasn't a place I wanted to spend time on in Google um but the ploy and the difference in how we talk about nakedness is so vast is so vast even in this conversation we have gone from raw vulnerability beauty to more of like a sexual beauty and it's just so thought-provoking to think of this array of understanding and culture of naked of nakedness i also think of brené brown who talks a lot about vulnerability and that the strongest individuals the most resilient individuals are the people who are willing to be most vulnerable and vulnerable with intention and that also, I think, can tie to nakedness. Uh, nakedness with intention, I think, could be one form of vulnerability with intention. I don't know what that might look like, but that was another place my research took me. And 
I, yeah, I really respect Brené Brown, too, as a researcher, as a mom. Dre, have you read any of Brené Brown? Uh, I don't believe I've read any of her books. I've watched podcasts, or not podcasts, TED Talks, I've heard podcasts. Um, so I, I'm familiar, but I haven't read any of her work, really. So. Yeah, what's your take on, on being vulnerable? I know she especially talks about it in terms of leadership. Like, do you ag- align with that? I think in general, yes. Uh, I like a lot of, especially because I learned about it like in college or something or high school, um, which it was much more novel back then, obviously. She, now she's huge. She's a sensation. Um, so you hear a lot of this kind of talk, but really she was like one of the pioneers in it. And when I first heard it, when I was a teenager, it meant a lot to me because, um, I mean, I grew up as a male, <laughs> black, um, in that community, like there's a lot of hyper-masculinity and also as an athlete. And I just, I was always like kind of like a sensitive guy, but I was also decent at sports. So I didn't really necessarily necessarily need to express a lot of my feelings or like my um, desire to write and all these sort of like more sensitive topics where I could just be the basketball player or whatever it might be, Dre the athlete. And um, Brene Brown's work was really cool for me um, because I think in general growing up, strength was um, dealing with your things internally, not bothering other people with your problems. pretending like you didn't have them in the first place so Brene's ideas of vulnerability being strength were were really helpful for shattering some paradigms some unhelpful paradigms in my life as a young man and I've I wouldn't I wouldn't attribute her work to this but as I've gotten older and heard more of those ideas definitely definitely I've become much more of a vulnerable person I think my natural disposition is pretty guarded just because I'm an introvert or I wouldn't say necessarily guarded but just aloof so I think people kind of get the wrong idea that I'm not vulnerable, but it's just like, I'm just a distant person. Like I'm okay sitting in the corner and just listening. But once we're in a setting where I know the conversations to be had or someone asks the right question, it's like, I'm not really afraid of divulging any sort of sensitive information as long as I know it's not gonna hurt anybody else involved. Um, so her work I think is really, really powerful for everybody, but um, young men, I think, um, and even older men, I guess, who are still stuck in the idea that you need to, you know, have toxic masculinity or whatever it is. Um, so I think that's, that's really, really, um, amazing. And I agree that vulnerability as a leader is really important. You need to show that I, I used to think when I was younger, that the best way for me to help my family and to lead people even like teammates and stuff like that was to look invincible was to look like you could just keep pushing through no matter what but I think um that also that separated people from me um when I was younger because people some people not all saw me as kind of somebody who was just like different someone who could like study for endless hours and someone who could um push through this and push through that and just kind of like you know whatever and I think they just didn't think that they could do it too and that they could be somebody who came from the same place I was at and get to the same place I was going. And um, that wasn't helpful for a lot of people, and I thought that's what I needed. But now I'm like, no, they need to see that you bleed and that you hurt too. I believe that. Yeah, I was going to say that. Damn. (laughs) Um, I, 
I identify with a lot of what you just said. You use the word aloof. Um, one of my best friends told me stuck up, but that if you struggle to show your vulnerability, people struggle to see you and struggle to see your humanness, I think. And because of that, then might not reach out and see if you're okay, might not engage in deep conversation, might not ask you the question, might just assume, oh, Dre, he's, he cool. Like he's over there doing his thing. He's, he doesn't need me. He doesn't need whatever it is. But even though I would say I've come a long way in attacking that's really hard for me to be vulnerable i was having a bad day a couple weeks ago mentally and aiden was like oh who's on your call list like what are you talking about my call list and he's like your call list like who do you call when you're feeling like this because you you should talk to someone and i'm like no absolutely not no i'm not gonna put this on someone i'm i'm just i just need to run it out or i just need whatever and he's like no this is stupid like give me your phone and so he takes my phone and he starts scrolling through and he finds my baby sister, Kirsten. And he's like, I'm going to call Kirsten. I'm like, no, you're not going to call Kirsten. And sure shit, he calls Kirsten. I was so frustrated, but it ended up being great, right? I talked to my baby sister. I felt awful for calling her and crying. I want to say you, you started out by saying like, oh, like oh. things are good. Things are good. And yeah, I like started out to... by straight lying to her. And then I took the phone and I was like, Lauren's having a horrible day. Like, yeah. talk. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, as much work as I've done, I still really struggle with vulnerability. It's such a hard thing to do. I, I don't think I would ever... I'd have to be dying before I'd call you, Dre, and tell you that I was hurting. Like, and that's so sad. We've spent hours together talking yeah. about vulnerable, vulnerable topics. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right. But th- this is the world we live in. Vulnerability is so hard. Um... Yeah, that was a long story for just, like, us and I, and I identify moment, but I, I really identify with a lot of what you just said. Yeah, and I think what you just said, too, is the exact same thing that you said about why we weren't actually nude in this, while recording this podcast. It's, like, it's the same idea, and I think all of us would be better to start breaking down those walls together. So let's get... No, I'm playing. <laughs> so let's do it. Let's do it. No, but, uh, but seriously, though, no, yeah. And I, I just... So going back to my question of do I think... I don't think... I don't know if we have a more imperative to be naked more often with our friends, but I'm kind of leaning in that direction that as human beings um, and hearing your story with the Aborigines or Aboriginals, I'm not sure which one's correct, um, but I just think, yeah, like it, it is a moral virtue to be naked in every sense of the word. Yeah. On that note, common scientists, I hope that this cast pushed you to ask questions of yourself, of what paradigms you live in, of the world around you that has informed your perception of what it means to be naked, what it means to be vulnerable, what it means to be raw and real. And with that, we do not have all the answers. We are not proposing that you all go be naked if it's illegal. (laughs) But that at the end of the day, it's important to ask these questions about our foundations of society, about where we live and breathe and how we act, how we dress every day to better look at the world, to better look at science, to better be common scientists.